We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the Culture Friday, man, get all your questions, any questions about anything that you would like to ask myself and Malik, the Nora boys are in the building. Go ahead, put FF next to it, and we'll know it's a question for For the Culture Friday. We'll get to those second half of the show. Lucky Lefty Podcast. I'm SD2 Mike's that dude, the original Lucky Lefty himself, Malik Zaire. Brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. It's that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you're going to drink, by all means, make sure that you do so. Responsibly. You got to do it responsibly. Left, we're going to talk about the biggest losses, the biggest losses that Notre Dame is going to have to replace or fill in the 2023 season. It could be coach or player. So we might as well allow that to be the LL question of the day. Notre Dame fans, LL Nation, what's the biggest loss? What's the biggest loss this offseason? The biggest loss this offseason that Notre Dame is going to have to feel going into the 2023 season. Left, I was, I was, I'm sorry, man. I saw your text, but I was watching the uh Simeon St. Ignatius. Semifinal game, Justin Scott going up against a pretty formidable Simeon team. They're tall. I tweeted out, first of all, the fact that they made them play at 10 a.m. in the morning is absolutely ridiculous. I don't know what. How does that even work? Man, I have no idea. It's never did. The starts have always been at noon. It's always been noon. Two o'clock, noon, two o'clock, and then the, the late session is five and seven. Right. I don't know why they bumped it up to 10 o'clock this year. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's insane to ask teenagers to play a game at 10 o'clock, which means they have to get to the arena about 7 30, 8 o'clock, start getting ready. Breakfast is probably at six. It's just, it's, it's absolutely insane. And IHSA for, for years has been ridiculous in the way they handle student athletes on the high school level so it doesn't shock me yeah it doesn't shock me that they did something like that but it is what it is but a very close game uh halftime early third quarter i think it was a one-point game justin scott 
first half, I know he had like six rebounds and I think five points. Going up against six eight twin towers, the Ruben brothers, both six eight for Simeon, tall tax for him. They get their big guy Kopecky back, who was a Ohio Miami Ohio recruit for Saint Ignatius. He hadn't played in over a month, and they were able to make it downstate without him. So this it's a really good game. Kendall Gill, son Phoenix Gill. I keep telling people that dude is next in the state of Illinois. Twelve points in the first half playing on his daddy's home court in college down there in Champaign. He's only a sophomore left. I keep telling people, like, yo, he's next. This kid is next in the state of Illinois. So, once again, St. Ignatius and Justin Scott going up against the Simeon Wolverines. Robert Smith trying to go for his seventh state championship as the head coach. I mean, he is he's basically the – Go, trying to become the most legendary high school coach in the history of Illinois basketball. That's Simeon? Yeah, he – this will be seven, and you have to understand at one time he won four in a row. Dang. Right? Jabari Parker never lost. Jabari, Jabari Parker, Kendrick Nunn, and that entire crew won four straight state championships, bro. Four. That's insane. Four. And then they got fined and stripped of some wins because when they won the fourth one, they got their medals and they took their shoes off and walked off the court and left their shoes on the court to say, we own this court. Oh, so why so why did they get wins stripped? Uh, they, you know, people didn't like it. It's downstate Illinois. Downstate Illinois and Chicago, two different. Downstate Illinois might as well be Texas. And Chicago is definitely a more liberal city, a more democratic city. So it is what it is. You know. Wow. Yeah. Unfortunate, right? Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Follow us. Hit the like button, hit the share button. Let everybody know Lucky Lefty Podcast. We're going to see if the nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. Give us five stars. Leave your comments. We appreciate them all. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. We spin it different. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Um, so yeah, like I said, I, I think Simeon's going to come out victorious, and that'll be the end to Justin Scott's basketball career because mm. he's an early enrollee. Mm. So let me let me be petty for him in a moment, right? So they go to the sideline reporter. Justin Scott like gets a rebound, a steal. He has like this sequence. He gets a rebound, steal. Does a pick and roll, pick and pop, hits like a 17-foot jumper, right? Simeon calls a timeout. They come back from the break, go to the sideline reporter. I forget her name. And she's like, uh, Yeah, Justin Scott, you know, must be nice to be this talented on the basketball court and have every power five school after you on the football field. I talked to him Tuesday night, and he said, these are his top contenders for his services. She let needless to say, <laughs> she named the five schools that didn't include Notre Dame and Michigan, right? But they included Colorado and Miami. Oh, of course. That's, that's when I said, okay, you just lost all credibility with me. You just, uh, there's no way. There's no way. You just talked to I talked to him Tuesday. So we're in the same arena. There is no way, after he spoke to me, that he told you Miami and Colorado were in his top five. No way. No way. I'm like, you just went to the internet and grabbed some names, some schools. I was like, come on, man. I'm being petty, though. I'm being petty. But I just felt like, come on. Miami? Lucky Lefty Podcast. Biggest Misses. Who would Notre Dame miss the most, Left. Who would Notre Dame miss the most? Maybe Brayden Lindsey taking the top off of the defense. <laughs> I'm uh, not mad at you. I'm not mad at you for showing Brayden Lindsey some love. You know, you know. But probably Michael Mayer, I think, just because we were so hell-bent on trying to make him the greatest Notre Dame tight end of all time. Um, so it would be interesting to see where those lion's share of the opportunities and targets are going to go to, whether it be more in the passing game dispersely until we find a dude or in the running game more. Good to see uh, or feature more of the running backs that we have in the stable. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's an obvious uh, miss. I think Gerard Parker knows that. Um the impact that Michael Mayer had on the on the offense specifically, and he was there, like he said, in all the meetings. So he was uh, assumingly right next to Tommy, scheming up all the Michael Mayer plays. Um, hopefully, 
Um, you have confidence that he knows what's on the team. And I think it's very interesting that he knows what's on the team and still force fed Michael Mayer, knowing that we have a lot of talent. Uh, maybe it was a controlled thing, but hopefully um, with that heavy influence being gone, we get to see Gerard Parker realizing that we have more than just one guy offensively. If if that makes sense. <laughs> but uh, with Gino and the quarterback coach being there, uh, Chancey Stuckey getting a chance to be on the center line and front stage of uh, being more active. I think just being more active in, in knowing who uh, is hot this week, being more active and in, in knowing how the receivers can get involved with the game plan more. Hopefully we see the line, the lion's share of those targets and opportunities that Michael Mayer consumes so much of be dispersed in a healthy way where we can possibly get a Charlie Jones or possibly get uh, a skill position in a, in a, in a offensively get a skill position up for an award. When's the last time we was up for an ablitin to call for the last time we was up for something other than a lineman award or a tight end award. What if, you know, uh, one of the running backs is up for the dope Campbell? What if we had a receiver up for the, the Belitnikov? That would be a major signifier that we've gotten better in that position group. So this this things that can be measuring sticks for this offense in Gerard Parker to reach that you can clearly see and feel that this offense has gotten better and is not the same as last year. Mayor's third on my list, Left. Okay. He's third on my list. He's third on my list. Who's second? Second on my list, surprisingly, is Tommy Reese. Uh, and I'll, and because of this reason. You can say what you want to say. Tommy Reese was probably, if not 1A, he was the second best recruiter on the staff. It wasn't even, it wasn't even close. That dude has recruited wide receivers. He's recruited quarterbacks. He's recruited offensive linemen. Heck, he was one of the main recruiters on Justin Scott because he's from Chicago. He was the one going to his basketball games. He was the offensive coordinator, right? And especially in a year where you have five legitimate prospects from the city of Chicago that Notre Dame needs to be in on. Five legitimate. I've been telling people for over a year that Marquise Lightfoot is going to be a dude in college. Everybody else wants to wait for his junior film to come out and see him film. I'm like, dude, I watched this dude up close and personal. Same way I watched Darian Dupree up close and personal. I told people last year, before the Notre Dame offer, Darian Dupree is out here dominating cats for Mount Carmel. Dominating cats. Now Alabama's on him. Now Michigan's on him. Now everybody's like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I've been told you. Been told you. Before Notre Dame got on Justin Scott. I was talking about him. 
He's a stud. What's wrong? They need to get on him. Looks like, they, they, looks like if, they heard you. If they walk away in the 24th cycle and the only person they get out of Chicago is Cam Williams, it's a big problem. It's a big problem. It's a big they, problem. Don't have, they, they don't have anybody on the staff that can stamp a flag in Chicago. Nobody. And that's a problem. How that's you, right down the street. You stamping flags in Texas. You're trying to stamp flags in Georgia. You're stamping flags out in California, but you have no flag in one of your biggest Subway alumni bases. Heck, one of your biggest alumni bases. The city we got, that gives, we got a couple flags in Canada. Got a no flag in Germany. Has, no city has given Notre Dame more lettermen on the football field than Chicago. And you have no one to stamp that flag on the staff. No one. No one. Whose fault is that? Well, look, man. Somebody's got to be to blame. Something's got to be to blame. Is it the the quality of sports? And the the five stars that come out of there? Or is it just kind of... JJ JJ McCarthy is from here. We got Ju- okay. We got Julian. They Love. got two. Ohio State just got two wide receivers, five stars, out of Chicago in the last three years. That's another Ooh. one. That's another one. The uh, the Brown kid that went to a Catholic school up here in Cardell Tate. They both oh, went to no, Ohio no, State. No, no, recently, I don't. I, I remember. That's, a, that's in the last three years. The only guy I remember doing my time was Laquan Treadwell. And then we got Niles from the same school. Well, they we, from the same that. school. That's what I'm saying. That's J.J. McCarthy and Julian Love are the same school. You so know? I'm like, yo, you, I'm not saying, because it's different. Look, I'm coming off of watching Illinois lose to Penn State for a third time in basketball <laughs> last night, bro. <laughs> so I might be a little emotional on this for the, for the culture Friday. <laughs> Yeah, I had it though. But if yeah, I tell I people all the time, once again, you know, Illinois is downstate. So people downstate don't think they need Chicago. Mm. And I have to tell them, you go do your research and research the best five teams Illinois has ever had. They were all heavily Chicago influenced. So I don't want to hear that. If you want to be good at basketball, you better you better come get some players from Chicago. Right. Period. Definitely, Notre Dame, definitely football is different. Football is a little different because it's not yeah. like it's not like Illinois is a football hotbed like that, right? But it's not bad. Like it's I not said, bad, but the ten, I think Tommy probably knew more of where to go because he's from Chicago. And therein lies the issue. You have to know, you have to have relationships with the coaches, right? Brian Kelly did not have a relationship with coaches in the area. It was Tommy. Mm. I think Tommy is going to have have a profound effect on recruiting in this area in the class of 2024. Profound. 
profound i think yeah i think it's very i think it's more underrated than people think i think people think oh we're gonna be okay like no all the connections in chicago that dude literally before he spent a week in chicago recruiting the 24 class and the 25 class before he left for alabama left he was in chicago for a week he knew the talent that was coming in both classes yeah so for me and just hearing everyone hearing the fact that they still talk to him mm -hmm. trying to catch up on things as far as the offense and you pointed out yesterday left what what offense are we going to be running yeah that's a huge concern well, I I'm think like, maybe, maybe maybe more so of what's the identity. I know because it, the only reason why I say what's the identity because it was so different. Mm -hmm. And Marcus Freeman acknowledged it. It was different than what he wanted going on searches for guys like Andy Ludwig and the Kansas State guy, Klein. He acknowledged. He said, this is may not be what I want, but this is going to help. So that doesn't – push me towards any more of a consensus that they're confident that, oh, we got JT that could possibly be our number one receiver. We got Aldrich, you know, we can still run with. I think a lot of that really comes back to they don't know who they want to start. And I think this because the two quarterbacks are very different in what you would want to do to be more successful, that is almost like, two different offenses. So I don't think they've quite chosen which direction they want to go, but the only way they can start is with what they had last year, which is Tyler Bugner. That puts naturally Sam in a tough position of what am I doing here then? You know, if you bringing me here to learn from Tyler Bugner, I just don't think that's the way it's supposed to uh, naturally occur. If, if we want to bring a guy in like that, we're not bringing a guy in to learn from the guy. That we bringing a guy in for? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how you bring? How you bringing a guy for a guy that we're trying to get him to teach what to do? That just doesn't. I don't think. I think Sam is thinking of it like that. He's probably like, "Why is Tyler leading the meetings and I'm here to be the savior? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm supposed to be LeBron James and you got Larry Hughes out here teaching me what to do. You know, yeah. so, I don't yeah. know. So for me. That's as much as, you know, people fall on either side of the coin with Tommy Reese as far as offensive coordinator. I, That's true. I know who he was. He said you know who he was. And I'm willing to admit the things that he was good at. And I think Doma Wap brings up an interesting point. Don't forget, T.R. openly admitted he stepped up his recruiting game when MF arrived. Who didn't? Yeah, I mean. Nobody on Brian Kelly's staff recruited. Brian Kelly didn't even. No one yeah. on Brian Kelly's staff recruited hard. No one. No one. And Tommy was they still one of the lead of the head coach. The Absolutely. head coach was. You know what I'm saying? The head coach wasn't trying yeah. to push how he was pushing. So when the head coach started pushing, yeah. shoot, you better start recruiting better if he's recruiting. Absolutely. <laughs> if you want to stick around, you better start doing something. Absolutely. So, that's Tommy, Tommy was one of the best recruiters on Brian Kelly's staff. Yeah. 
And that's not saying much. But no, it's not because they didn't do anything. They didn't do nothing. They basically went and got people let's, that pretty much wanted Tommy, to be a Notre Dame. See, you can get the, the ultimate judge just like we did with Alfred. Alfred went, went from the best recruiter at Notre Dame and was the best recruiter at Ohio State. Let's see if Tommy's the best recruiter at Alabama. Absolutely. Let's Absolutely. see if he's the best. And then, then we can be like, okay, yeah, he's good. If you're not the best recruiter at Alabama, which is going to be hard now. Right. You may not be better than Saban naturally. I get that. But we better be here about you pulling off some crazy stuff too. Yeah. So you have no choice but to hope that somebody on this new staff, and uh, people in the chat are talking about this guy recruiting Chicago. It's a different, everybody recruits Chicago. Recruit Chicago don't mean a darn thing. Who can stamp a flag? Tommy, Tommy Freeze had a flag in Chicago because of relationships. I'm talking about deep. Well, he didn't pull Carnell Tate. He pulled defense. No, 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 no. I'm talking about relationships. So whereas he could go call cats, he didn't have to build relationships. The new staff has to build a plethora of relationships. I could tell you who has relationships with, with the Kenwood program, with the Phillips program in the city. I could tell you who has deep relationships with them. There ain't nobody on Notre Dame staff right now. I will say this. And talking to Marquise Lightfoot, he talks to Al Washington probably more or just as much as he talks to any other assistant coach. And that's straight from his mouth. He said he talks to him consistently. So could Al Washington, who accompanied, he was the one accompanying Tommy Reese on the trips to Chicago, could he be the one that ultimately plants the flag? He could be. He could be. But the class of 24 and 25, we're playing catch up. That's all I'm trying to point out. We were in the game and ahead of the game because we had a guy that had a Chicago flag on the staff. We don't have a Chicago flag guy on the staff. We have people that can try and build that type of representation with Chicago coaches. You're playing catch up in two classes in 24 and 25 that are full of talent. But a full of talent. Full of talent. Like the, the class, look, Christian Beckencore is a tight end, four star, might eventually be a five star. Notre Dame. He wanted to go to Notre Dame. Yeah. Wanted to go to Notre Dame. They just they chose to go after Riddell out of St. Louis and Carter Nelson. Which you watch that film now? You tell me, as an Ohio dude, this is a great conversation we can get into. What's the value on taking an Ohio dude that might be a half step behind another athlete from Florida? So you have an Ohio kid that loves Ohio State. That's a four and a half or a Florida kid that you're not sure you're going to get. That's a five. For well, that first thing is Ohio, Ohio kids are never a step behind. Here we you go. Say it just went, we, we it's, it's the, the better the better framing is which step do you want to what direction do you want to step? That's what it is. If you want to step the right direction, you take the Ohio kid in Ohio, no doubt about it. 
or in the Midwest, no doubt about it, because it's different. It's going to give you team chemistry. It's going to give you a certain toughness, a certain yeah. attitude that the team is going to carry, a, a, a great uh, work ethic that you adding uh, to a team and a foundation like that coming from an Ohio four and a half star. Now, if we're talking about the yeah. – the 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 bottom of the the bottom of the the well of the twos and threes, then you it's a toss up. But if we're talking about a bona fide four and a half, you know he's certified, and you know he done been through the rigor of the the tough OS OSH OHSAA, you know, and and it's offered a lot. Hopefully, and he most likely came out of the GCL, just like our good old recruit out of the twenty what twenty five twenty four class, our corner battle tested. I'm not worried at all. He might come in and look like Julian Love, you know. So I think a lot of uh, if you had to choose for the situation, you would go Ohio. Now, if this was a different format somewhere else, some other location, you know, you might take more regional. But if you're talking about Midwest teams and what can make Ohio State better, it's Ohio kids with a sprinkle of a Florida, with a sprinkle of a outside. But that base – that you build on that foundation is only it's only built in Ohio, man. And that's my point. <laughs> that's my point. <laughs> that's that's my point, bro. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Like, as a program, like Notre Dame, you cannot, you cannot allow the elite players that have skated to other programs over the past five years, you just can't, you can't miss on the majority of them. When you're 70 miles away, you can't. You can't. And unfortunately, we know under BK, we know what the problem is. He he has openly admitted that he didn't even want to go after those kids mm. for several reasons. Like all oh, the kids that Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama want, we don't even recruit those kids. He, mm. he openly said that. He openly said that. You know, and the only person that really from things I've heard, the only person that really vouched for Chicago on the BK staff and pushed for certain guys recently was the kid from Chicago on the staff. Mm, 
Mm-hmm. And with the two classes coming in 24 and 25, I, in my opinion, that's going to be a huge hole to fill. Huge. It's going to be a huge hole to fill. Huge. So Mayor was three for me. Lucky Lefty Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, CMB Nation, in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. We spend it different. Mayor was three for me. Number, I'll leave number one open. Foskey was four for me. You mean number one open in, in terms of what? I'll, the, my number one biggest hole to fill. No, I'm saying like you, you have a multiple ones or you haven't decided? No, no I have it. I just want to say that for last. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I'll say my number one for last. Fowski's four. That makes sense. Fowski was four for me. I think Fowski could be a good a good four just because we we know that it's hard to replace 25 sack leader, even if you say there's his successor there. And if he was there while you was there, I didn't notice it. So you can't guarantee that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I just think you go into games and you have a guy that the offensive coordinator and the other team identify and worry about. Mm -hmm. Regardless of whether or not you thought Isaiah Foskey was a little lazy early on in the season and he turned it on, he was still somebody that teams worried about. Where he was going to line up at, how we're going to handle him, Who's that guy along the defensive line for Notre Dame this year? I don't know if Notre Dame has a guy going into the season that teams identify and say, man, we got to make sure we block this dude. Right. For the past two seasons with seven on the field defensively, you kind of had that. And, and that is an advantage in a sense with the preparation of the opposing offense. So I think Fossey's going to be missed. He's definitely going to be missed. I'll circle back to Michael Mayer. At three. I think for a lot of reasons, Michael Mayer is going to be missed. Because if you have Michael Mayer with Sam Hartman, a quarterback that has shown the ability to feed the ball to multiple receivers, I think it would have made Michael Mayer more dangerous, in my opinion. Because defenses would have known because of the quarterback, we can't focus on him. I think teams defensively were able to focus on Michael Mayer because they knew the quarterbacks were going to force feed it. Yeah. They knew the quarterbacks were going to force feed it. They knew the scheme. They knew the, what we was trying to do. So, yeah. And fifth on my list, I think Brian Mason's going to be missed. I know you might differ. You like your, you like your coach, Marty Biaggi. And that's not to say he's not going to come in and do a good job. But I do think, as it sits today, Brian Mason is is a pretty significant loss, in my opinion. Yeah, until we know what we got, Brian Mason is definitely considerable uh, impact. And I think James Laronitis fits in that same category. I think um, all the coaches that left, uh, particularly last year, are going to have an impact. I think obviously Tommy's going to have an impact because we're still running his stuff going on the next year. Mm-hmm. So I just think that just 
makes it a little interesting to see how we can, you know, develop from this stage of really a 10 year period where we've been in the same kind of system or operating system um, that that has been here the whole time. You know, we're running mm-hmm. stuff that Cincinnati was running when they got to the playoffs that LSU ran last year, you know, so uh, it'll be interesting to see what a different style, like for instance, what um, Luke Fickle is taking to Wisconsin is going to change what Wisconsin looks like from the last 10, 12 years. Mm. That's what I was thinking the offensive coordinator under Marcus Freeman was going to do for us, was change the outlook. Like the last 10 years, I feel like I could have called the plays because I know what the play calls look like. They haven't done anything differently. You know, maybe a little terminology from a structure standpoint, I'm calling out the same stuff and I'm at home on the couch. So to get a drastic makeover like how Wisconsin is going to get with Luke Fickle, I was thinking that impact is what Jared Parker was going to bring, but I guess it's technically it's not from what he's saying. You know who is an honorable mention for me? I I thought about putting this player in the top three. I really did. Tariq Bracey. Ah, yes. Reek almost made it up to three for me, but it was because of the coaching of Mike Mickens and the depth that's being added that I felt like, okay. But Reek, it was obvious against Ohio State as soon as he went out. You see what happened. As soon as he got hurt, he gets hurt. They go right at his replacement. Tariq Bracey for the last year and a half was absolutely amazing. And the steps he made to improve. I'm looking forward to seeing him run at the pro day. I really am. Because I feel feel like if Tariq can get in that 4 or 5 range, he's going to have a long career in the nickel, playing that nickel slot in the NFL. Tariq is is how I see a lot of what Chauncey Garner was. Yes. uh, Going into the draft, just a guy that – he may not be drafted number one, but he's going to be in there at some point and, and land in a good team where you can see his talent really flourish. And mm-hmm. I think you got to see that as he was leaving Notre Dame, just from the type of guy he is, he's always going to get better. And hopefully, you know, luckily he's not going to be a top pick going to a team that he has to build, raise up. He's going to go to a team that has had some veterans, hopefully, can get him in right in line, works himself. I really see a, a Chauncey Garner situation with Tariq Bracey. It just reminds me of the same thing. We can go back to the number one slot. Now, for me, the biggest loss, this is philosophical, this is recruiting, this is sentimental. The biggest loss is Harry Heastead, bro. Yes. He's the biggest loss. Does that mean that Blake Fisher and Joe Alder are all of a sudden not going to be good. Zeke, no, that's not what we're talking about. Big shoes to fill, bro. It's just flat out big shoes to fill. And now, as we said, hearing from Joe Rudolph yesterday, the players have really begun, have done a great job of continuing the culture to help the transition of Joe Rudolph as the offensive line coach, which is a testament to Harry Heastan. Like, they're hitting the ground running and doing things the way they've been taught and moving the way they've been taught to move and just continuing in that legacy 
that's been established by Harry Heastan. That that's your shoes to fill, bro. Yeah, I mean, you can't replace something that has had such an impact through the history of Notre Dame graduating players in the NFL, just having an impact on the successful seasons we've had behind dominant old lines that Harry Heastan has cooked up. I think Joe Rudolph not necessarily going to be um, skipping a beat, but I do think it will still have a high-level expectation, a high-level productivity that can help this team win. It may not be the – at first, the comfort I can sleep at night knowing and I just hope we can just throw the ball and everything else will be taken care of. But I do feel like him being there, Joe Rudolph being there, is going to provide, okay, we, we may not – Go to sleep knowing we got here. He's standing, but we can sleep with one eye open knowing we got Joe Rudolph. So um, we we we're coming together. I think this is at at the same beautiful point. Marcus Freeman putting his stamp on how he builds a staff um, at Notre Dame, and he stand was technically a part of what Brian Kelly was bringing in. And it'd be good to see what Marcus Freeman can follow up with that. Provided you know we think he can go all the way. This might be off the subject. Do they still have, what is it called, the All-33, that Pennsylvania versus Ohio? Man, great showcase. Ben Roethlisberger played in it. Yeah. You know, played in it. A lot of great players. Did you play in it, Left. I didn't play it. I played in the Semper Fall American game. And I think okay. the year I came out, they stopped doing it. I think it was the, the, my year or the year after. Okay. Yeah, I remember hearing about that game growing up. Like, yo, this is a big-time high school all-star game. Lucky Lefty Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.